0: only God, the living God, he is the I am. Because he is the I am, we must be, be more and more like him. Alan confirmed something to me this morning as he was going through. One of the songs we sang is exactly what I had here. And we're going to sing it again because we need to keep praising him. And as we praise him, we lift our hands. We yada, we toda, we do everything. We prostrate. Feel free. Do whatever you want to do because he's God Almighty. He's God all by himself. Hallelujah. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary Hallelujah. Joe, Joe, can you leave those words there for a minute, please? You see, we've made, we've made some statement there. Let's look at it carefully. And it ties in with exactly what I'm going to talk, be talking about today. It mentions our Lord. It talks about preparation. It talks about us. It talks about sanctuary. It talks about pure purity. It talks about holiness. Tested. The Lord, you see, what we need to do every day of our lives, release ourselves unto him, that he will prepare us to be holy unto him. You see, we serve a holy God, so our lives it itself must be holy. We'll talk about that in a minute. Our lives must be holy. It says in the Bible, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Lord dwells in us. And, you know, we have a God of order. He is the God of order. He doesn't like disorderliness. Everything is in place. Therefore, if he is coming to dwell in us, we ourselves must be in order. Our lives internally must be in order. So I'm sure we all don't like going into unclean houses. Obviously, you don't want to enter a house that you have garbage strewn all over the place, cobwebs hanging from the ceilings, the light bulbs and everywhere. Um, The windows, you have cobwebs. We have all those things everywhere. You go into a room, you have mold. You you would never be happy with that. You see it all as uncleanliness. God doesn't come into a house, into his house, which is here, our temple, and expect to dwell in us. You see, the sin of unforgiveness, not living right with him, all those things are unclean. And they are the cobwebs. And the garbage of our temples. The Lord doesn't want to come and dwell in us with that. We have to get it out. We can't do it on our own. We ask him to work through us. To make us clean. Preparation. That's why he prepares us. He prepares this body. He prepares the temple that he will dwell in. So we need to allow him at all times. You can't do it on your own. Trust me you can't. We can't do it on our own. We have to rely on him to do it for us. As he prepares us. As he cleanses us. Helps us to overcome unforgiveness. Helps us to walk away from sin. Helps us to walk in right standing, righteousness. Helps us to walk in holiness. Then we become fit enough, holy enough Him to dwell in us. Because God will not dwell in a place where it's not holy. For he's a holy God. So wherever he comes to must be holy. Remember the burning bush in the wilderness? He told Moses, the place you stand is holy. Remove your fendels. Wherever God is, it's a holy place. Which is why in the old times, as they carried the Ark of the Covenant, they were not supposed to touch it. It was holy. And when they did, they died. That's the God we serve. So sanctuary. So we must be ready for him at all times. He works and prepares us that he may dwell in us. And every time we get it wrong, we need to remember who to tend to and where to tend to at all times. If we quickly look at Psalms 51, 10 to 12, you know, David, 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 God's describing as a man after his own heart. You see, in there, David loved the Lord, but the flesh caused him to do things that he shouldn't do. Let's look at a typical example. If we look at Psalms 51, I'll get my Bible there in a minute. And it will go from 10 to 12. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. This was soon after David, David's sin, his sin with Bathsheba. When it was pointed out to him by the prophet, he realized that he had gone wrong. So quickly, he turned to the Lord and prayed this prayer. Or he sang this psalm and said to him, to create in him a pure heart. Renew the right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. You see, because God and sin cannot dwell side by side. They cannot dwell together. So then, if you are in sin, then he withdraws from you. He's always around, hovering, waiting for you to ask him to come back, but then you must turn around and ask him to work a uh, work in you, to work on you. You see, he loves and cares for us. If you look at the wilderness experience of the Israelites, God provided for them a pillar of fire by night to protect and to show them the way, to guide them, a pillar of cloud by the day, again to direct them. So he was with them at all times, showing them the way, leading them leading them and guiding them, making sure that they took the path that he wanted them to take. He provided for them. He gave them manna. Manna. And it's interesting. This is a miracle, isn't it? You know, human beings, we're growing all the time from age one, five, 10, 20, 50, and so on. You're not the same. You may be that way. You'll be that way. You'll be that way. You change all the time. But it's interesting. The clothes... Fit at all times. Their shoes were never worn out. Isn't that a miracle? For those years, God sustained them. He kept them and He kept them going. Nothing that they desired was ever denied them. He looked after them throughout and kept them going. You see, again, God loves us and He wants us to walk in holiness. Holiness, holiness, holiness in all that we do. We can't do it in our own strength, but we need to turn to Him to be holy. It's God who will allow us to be this. If we look at John 3.16, I'm sure we all know it. He died on the cross for us. John 3.16, let's quickly. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Let's still read it. So it sticks. We don't forget it, so we know it backwards. John three. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So that's what he did for us because of his love for us. He died on the cross for us and at his death, mercy came in. Mercy came in. His mercy, his grace came in. And mercy, in fact, mercy, mercy, mercy said no. Mercy said no. No, mercy will not allow us to go away from him as we turn to him. Mercy said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you, Ben, slip away from me. You can put your own name, insert your name there because I'm preaching to myself and I'm also bringing the word, but I'm talking to myself too. It applies to me equally. You see, mercy said, no. Mercy said, I will not let you slip away from me because I've paid the price Mercy, mercy would not let us go away. Mercy also said to us, don't be afraid. Fear not. Mercy said we should not be afraid. Mercy said we should not allow sin to take control. Bring it all under his feet. Bring it all to the cross. We shouldn't let sin take control. Bring it to the cross and it will be dealt with. Life and death stood face to face. And we know that... God produces life and he is light. Death cannot stand the life of God. They stood face to face and life overcame death. He died and rose. He gave up his life, actually. He gave it up and took it again. That's the God we serve. Darkness tries to steal our heart away, the things of the world. But you see, mercy is there. For us at all times to say, no, I've done it for you. No, come to me, come back. Mercy is always there. We need to remember grace, mercy. Goodness and mercy, as we see in Psalms 23. Goodness and mercy will follow us. All the days of our lives, not one time. Every time, every time. Goodness and mercy, we need to remember that. So mercy is there for us at all times. We need To apply mercy in all that we do. What's the meaning of holiness? Holiness, holiness, holiness. Which we are talking about today. What's the meaning of holiness? Sanctified. Separated. Unto God. Set apart. Set apart. Consecrated unto the Lord. It's not something that you can do of your own. Or of your own accord. You need to go unto God. And he will do the work for you. As we saw in that song. Lord prepare me. It is he who does the preparation. It is he who does the cleansing. All you need to do is submit yourself unto him. And he will cleanse you and make you whole. He will restore unto you the joy of his salvation. He will renew the right spirit within you. That's what God wants to do for us. And all we have to do is surrender unto him. Submit ourselves unto him. You see, he wants us to be righteous. What's righteousness? Right standing before God. Right-standing, that's all that it means. We acknowledge him for who he is. We confess to him. And we profess our faith. That's all God requires of us. We need to be righteous. We need to be holy. We can't do this on our own. Because flesh, the flesh does not allow us to. Arm of flesh always fails you. Always. You see, it says in the word, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. But we trust in the name of the Lord, most high. It is that name that we trust in that upholds us, that protects us, that grants us that victory, that takes us through in the midst of the challenge. It is that trust that takes us through, the hope in our Lord that takes us through, that carries us through, that makes us victorious in all that we do. The arm of flesh will not. Do you see how sometimes friends fail you? Friends fail you. Family members will fail you. Yes, they'll say, oh, I'll move any, I'll do anything for you. When the chips fall down, where are they? Many times they're not to be found. Not their fault. I don't think we should blame them because they are flesh like us. It's, it's the law that we need to tend to in every situation. We can't do it on our own. We need to remember that. We need to tend to the Lord for it is he who will give us that strength, that strength, that power to go through. For indeed, his word also says to us, as he said, Zechariah 4, 6, it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So you see, it's not in our strength, but his spirit, the Holy Spirit, who dwells in us. Remember, that's the process. He prepares us. So it takes away the sin of unforgiveness, the hatred, the anger. What else can I say? All those things. He takes it out of us, empties us of it, and then fills us with himself. As he fills us with himself, it enables us to go out and do what is required of us. To walk in righteousness, to be holy. Holiness is simply consecrate yourself unto him. Set apart, separated unto him. That's all it is. And we need to walk that way at all times. You see, being dedicated to him in what we do, it should be a part of our life. It should be our lifestyle Everywhere, All he requires. You see, we come to him as a broken vessel. And he fixes us. He puts us back together again. We're broken into pieces. He gathers us up. Don't worry, my child. There, 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 my child. Don't you worry. I'll put you back together again. He picks up every piece. He knows where every jigsaw piece fits. You see, on the floor, when you're broken, it all seems a mess. But you see, in that mess, God... Picks you up and piece by piece, he puts you together again. He's the only one who can do this. Friends fail, family fail. Nothing is reliable. You can't rely on anything or anyone but the Lord Himself. No one else, no one but God. In Romans 6, we will not tend to that, was quite a long passage. You see, it talks to us about the gift of God, the gift that God gives to us through faith. The emphasis, I'm going to emphasize two verses here, 4 and 22, where we talk, it talks about, we were buried with him through baptism into death, just, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. You see, the pursuit of Holiness occurs or is supposed to occur on a daily basis. We should walk and try to be holy on a daily basis. We can't be, if we release ourselves unto God, to lead us and to direct us. We can be holy every day, every day of our lives. And walking in obedience to him. Rather than following the old self. You see, this self, just, this flesh, just seeks Self-gratification. But if we rely on him here in us, he speaks to us, he directs us, he orders our steps. He makes all things new. He causes all things to work together for our good. That's the God we serve. We need to walk that way with him at all times. Then again, it talk, verse 22, we're just going to, just a quick summary. Now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. When we're slaves to sin, we did the wrong things. We gratified the flesh. But now that we are slaves to God, we'll do the right things. And we'll do things that lead to holiness and result in life. That's what he wants of us. That's the God we serve. We serve a God who is mighty and who is great. You see in our lives, many a times we look at the people who may not be Christians at a point in time. And sometimes our attitude towards them may not be right. But you see, one thing I'm learning more and more of is we cannot evangelize and antagonize the same people at the same time. We need to come to the point where we can meet them at their point of need. And that forms the gap or the crack that we can enter into. But if we go saying to them, oh, you're not born again. You can't do this. No, 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 no. Because you see, the word of God, the scripture, is bl- they are blinded and therefore cannot see or understand. And if you go at them that way, if we go at them that way, we're not going to win them over. We're not. So we don't antagonize them. That doesn't mean we don't tell them the truth. But there's a way in which we can do this. So we can bring them on board. So we cannot evangelize and antagonize the same people at the same time. We cannot insult and inspire. they are two opposites. We can't insult and inspire the same people at the same time. That drives them away. Jesus himself was an example for us, wasn't he? When he met the woman at the well, the Sumerian woman, woman at the well, he didn't condemn her. He didn't. In spite of all that she had done, he never condemned her. Rather, he talked about him giving the living water, the kind of water that will cause her not to thirst again. That's the kind of God that we serve. You see, very compassionate and caring. Life is interesting. Life is a privilege and we must never take it for granted. Life is a seed. Let's look at Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. 21. Where it talks about The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What do you choose to say? Do you proclaim life, or do you talk about negative things? You see, the word tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And the same word tells us Now, let the weak say, I am strong. It doesn't mean you are the strongest man in the world, but it still says. You see, the opposite of how you feel or what you feel is what he's trying to tell us to do. We must speak it. God created the world by word, spoken word, and he's given us that same ability. We need to speak it. In spite of our weakness, we should confess the opposite. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. So words, 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 words. So words bring life. They speak life. So in every situation, we need to speak life. No matter how bad it looks, we need to speak life. We need to speak what the word says to us. So we speak life into every situation. And you see, as we walk through life, we're sowing the way we live today, all that we're doing, the sum up, the sum of it is what determines tomorrow. So then, if you have an exam tomorrow and you don't prepare today, or you haven't prepared previously, you will soon go and sit at the exam table and find that you're looking at the ceiling because you haven't prepared and therefore you cannot answer. So the seed that you should have sown for the exam should have been preparation or going for extra tuition. If you didn't do that, then you reap the result, which more likely than not, because you were not able to answer, could lead to failure. So what we do in life today determines tomorrow. Character, lifestyles, are seeds, they are both seeds, so we need to remember that. And they'll definitely produce a fruit. That's the fruit. So if you want a good fruit, a ripe, juicy fruit, then there's a price to pay. We need to get our character right. We need to be holy. Allow God to move us, to do things through us. That's what we need to do. Then we'll bear that fruit. How we live in time, and by time I'm referring to earth, how we live in time, determines how we end in eternity so if we don't live right we are not born of God born of the Spirit of God in eternity we do not enter heaven as promised so how we live our lives now determines how we end up in eternity so there is this and that's the result we need to remember There's a relation, correlation between the two. If it's this, that is the result. If it's that, this is the result. We need to remember that at all times. And let's continue to ensure that in all that we do, we have a quality relationship with our maker. By continuing to live right, we can't do it on our own. Let's not try to. Let's just release ourselves onto him and he will make all things new. David turned to him. Creating me a clean heart after he had done all that he did. To some people's minds, perhaps that's an unforgivable sin. But not to God. You see, God described David, in spite of all these things, as a man after my own heart. David knew how to turn when he got it wrong. Quickly turned and came to God. Ask for forgiveness, it's a fresh start. That was somebody who was always after God's heart. But you see, the flesh got in the way many times. The flesh got in the way. In our own lives as well, flesh gets in the way. So we need to learn more and more to allow him to work a work in us yep. at all times, wherever we are. Let's quickly read John 10, 10, The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So you see, if we turn to him, this is what he says. He has come. That we may have life and have life to the full. That's his promise to us. So he's saying that he's going to give us life to the full as we turn to him. He's going to put things back together again. He's going to restore us. He's going to build us up. He's going to make all things new. A fresh start. He's the God of second chance. He's the God who strengthens He's the God who, when you face challenges, when there's a difficulty, when there seems to be no way, he makes a way. He's the way maker. In every situation, he makes a way. That's the God that we serve. Even as we go on to Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, it says something. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. You see, that's something else. So if, as we trust in him, with everything, not with oh that part, and then this part is for me, holding on to some of it. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, your, your very being. Trust in him. And that's what he's going to do for you. John 6 35, let's have another quick look. We're going to go through a few scriptures. 6.35, please. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. That's his promise to us. You see, so he's saying that whoever comes to him. You never grow hungry. Provision. You will not test, you will not go hungry. His protection is on you at all times. So if he's saying this to us, should we then not remain attached to him? Should we then not be turning to him in all situations and at all times? He's the one, to me, it's very obvious. It looks okay. If he's saying to me that he's the bread of life, Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Then you just go to him. Stay connected for he is the vine and we are the branches. You see, that's where we get sustenance. So you don't deny yourself of your food source. Because as you are cut off from it, gradually, but ever so gradually and surely, you wither away. So we need to stay connected to the vine. We are the branches. You don't see branches growing of their own. They are connected. They are all connected to the source. So as we stay connected, he provides sustenance. He provides, as we test, he provides for us. As we hunger, he provides for us. As we need shade, protection, he is there for us to lead and to guide us every step of the way. Isaiah 40, 28, 31. I'll quickly go through that as well too. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. We need to stay connected to him. For as we stay connected to him, we are holy and we are righteous. We are right standing with him. That's what righteousness is. So it says there in Isaiah forty twenty eight to 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Wouldn't you want this? I would, because at times... When you find that, oh, I can't take this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I don't have any strength to go through this. But this is what he's saying to us. Those who hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. That is his promise to us. Look at Caleb. Caleb, Caleb, Caleb. At the age of 80, he was still very strong. He believed in the Lord. His hope was in the Lord. And that's what the Lord did for him at that age. He wanted the most difficult territory. He wanted to go capture it because he knew who was behind him, who backed him. That was our powerful God. So he was not afraid. He went on because he knew that he would be strengthened by the Lord. Again, it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We need to remember that. For indeed, it says in Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So you see, there's hope. There's a future. As we rely on him, as we look up to him, as we stay connected those plans he brings to pass. In the meantime, arm of flesh always fails. But he assures us of this. Again, he tells us in Isaiah 30:21. Whether you turn to the left or to the right, your ears will clearly hear hear a voice behind you declaring, This is the way, walk in it. The way that he lays before you as you stay connected. The direction in which he leads you as you are holy and therefore connected with him and to him, he leads you in the way that you should go. No matter whether you're turning this way or that way, he will lead you. No, 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 my son, that's the way. My daughter, that's the way you need to go. Turn right, turn left. We say, oh God, that's a long way to go. I don't want to go that way. No, 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 you just go that way and you follow. You see, many times when we don't do that, we find that we go around the same block over and over again. Until we come to the realization that he's asked us to do this or go this way. We need to remember. You see, we hear his voice and know his voice as we stay connected to him. So if he says, go ahead, go left, go right, stand still. We ought to do that. But we must be tuned in. And the way we can tune in. We must be within the frequency range. It's just like a radio or television. We must be within that frequency range. Our antennas, spiritual antennas must be ready and tuned, very sensitive to hear what he's saying. On this side or on that side, what is the Lord saying? So he will lead us and guide us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Indeed, he's got our backs. He has got our backs. He assures us. That our protection is his primary aim. He will protect us. That he's begun a good work in us. He'll be faithful to complete it unto this day. You see, if we look in Ephesians, that's the last scripture I'm going to do Ephesians 6 10 to 20. Ephesians 6 10 to 20. Ephesians chapter 6 10 to 20. finally Ephesians 6:20 Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, which is the word of the Lord, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So you see, the Christian armor It's interesting. It's all forward-facing. Not the back. All forward-facing. We're supposed to move forward. Keep going as he leads us. Keep going forward. Keep going. Keep going. He's got our back. Keep going. We're supposed to keep going. And he assures us that indeed we should stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around our waists. You see, the shield of faith which will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So our faith is to stand strong. The shoes of peace. The sword of the spirit. So we need to move forward in all these. Not in our own strength. Notice it's not in our own strength. But all these are elements of what God gives to us as we turn to him. The struggle is not against flesh and blood. Spirit, So our spirit overcomes spirit. He says, we are seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, rulers of the dark age of this world. We are above them, spirit. So those are the evil spiritual forces, but we are, we are seated in heavenly places, far above them. We put on the full armor of God, not your armor, God's armor. We put that on. And that will enable us to overcome and withstand evil. And we need to stand our ground. Stand our ground because we confess the word of God in every situation and stand our ground. We should stand firm with the belt of truth, the truth of the gospel around our waists. The breastplate of righteousness, right standing with God. Again, you notice all these things, none of them is about us but what God gives to us as we remain attached to him. That is the word of God to us. You see, and daily, we must remember to surrender unto him, to yield unto him. It's not about us. We can't do it on our own. As we yield more and more unto him, he makes a way for us where there seems to be no way. He is Jehovah Nissi, Lord our Banner. He fights our battles for us. You see, as we call upon his name in every situation, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous run into and are safe. His name, not your name, not my name, but his name. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood destroys every weapon and plan of the enemy. So we speak his word, we hide in him. The tower. He makes a way for us in all situations, in everything that we do. So let's remember in our walk of holiness that we need to carry on. We we need not to give up. In the midst of difficulty. yes, there'll be challenges. There'll be difficulties. There'll be many reasons why you may want to turn back, thinking the grass is green on the other side. But trust me, it's not. We need to hold on and stand firm. And if we've cried... We've done all that we know to do, and we haven't seen a result. Just stand, just stand and say, "God, I can't do this anymore. I release it unto you. Take over. Take my life and let it be. Consecrated unto you, we consecrate ourselves unto him. That's what we need to do. We can't do it on our own or in our own strengths. This morning, let's surrender unto him. We surrender all unto him. No other one but him, because he will take us through and guide us in all that we do. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus, we yield and surrender all unto him, for he makes a way.